ironoverload.io presents Iron Overload No Bullshit Podcast with your co-host Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the UG info like you've never heard before. No bullshit, no lies, straight hardcore truth. A bodybuilding podcast like you never heard before. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, Iron Overload Hardcore episode 26 coming your way. Steve and the Mobster joining me. How's it going, buddy? Oi, oi, ready to rock and roll. Let's go. Today we're going to talk about oral trembolone once again, but this time we're going to stack it with clenbuterol. So this is going to be a little interesting, um, a little of a harsh stack, and this is going to be a pre-contest stack. So this is one that you would take, you know, ahead of your contest, um, you know, look, I mean, ahead of a contest, guys will want to obviously trim up. The thing today, I think back in the 70s and 80s, especially the early 80s, guys back then, they didn't have as much of the mentality as this because they stayed much leaner. They were much smaller guys. Today, guys try to get as big as they can, put on as much muscle mass, and then they try to cut into a pre-contest. That's pretty much the strategy for, I'd say, not at least 95% of people out there. So in this situation, you're going to be using two compounds that have cutting abilities and shredding abilities. So that's pretty much the idea here. And this is why guys tend to do that. We, you know, we get a lot of food in our diet. Um, we just had Thanksgiving uh, we're, they, we're we're celebrating this a day after Thanksgiving in, in the United States, but for 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 most of you listening, every day is Thanksgiving. I mean, if I open your refrigerator, it's full of food. If I open your pantry, it's full of food. Bodybuilders get plenty of food, plenty of food. So, ahead of a contest, they want to cut down, lose fat, dry out, increase muscularity, all that good stuff. That's kind of the purpose. So, Mobster, tell us a little bit about your thoughts on pre-contest. And then we're going to talk about each of these compounds, tell you about them, tell you how to stack them, and all that fun stuff. Uh, this is going to be one that you could try whether you're competing or not, just to try and see if you can shred down and, and get the sh most shreddiest physique you've ever had in your life. Yeah, you know what's interesting for me, Steve, is that the old uh, bulking thing really shouldn't happen the way that you suggest it, but it still does. So Steve talks about, I think he's mentioned on the forums a few times, the idea of what we call perma-bulkers. And because I'm a weightlifter, I'm probably in that category myself. Certainly not as lean as when I was 15 when I started. But it's that much harder to get into shape. So because of that, you end up using which two drugs, which both have well-known side effects, which we'll get into, uh, in order to help chisel off the surplus that really you ought not to be carrying. Now, if you're a professional athlete, especially as Steve says, for getting into shape for a competition, a diet should be always number one, and then you shouldn't get that far out of shape. But that said, a little bit of fat, 10%, 11 12%, 15% is fine, and actually in its own little way, it's slightly anabolic in terms of freeing up the protein, etc., in your diet to allow you to grow your muscles, recover from workouts, and so on and so forth. Something else which occurred to me, Steve, looking at the article for Clint, and I know that this applies for Trent, is that both drugs 
are fed to cattle as a means of fattening, sorry, getting lean mass added to the cattle. In other words, more muscle equals more beef in the case of cattle to go to market with. So you've got you're, you're, there's less fat visible on, on the on the cows, on on the bulls, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, when they're ready to go to market. So yeah, both these two drugs have come from that industry. A lot of the steroids and the PEDs that we discuss come from medic medicine, from clinical use on human beings. But these two specifically both come from the especially the cattle industry. So that's fascinating for me on that regards as well, Steve. How about you? So let's first get into clenbuterol a little bit. So clenbuterol is not an anabolic steroid. I think a lot of people get that confused. You know, they because it's pushed a lot in steroid cycles. You'll see a steroid cycle for cutting and you'll see clenbuterol included. So everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's a steroid. It's not. It's a drug. All right. It's uh, basically the drug stimulates beta-2 receptors. It's a beta-2 agonist. So you're able to burn stored calories as your body fat, as energy, before you reach other sources of fuel. So this is pretty, pretty much the reason why in bodybuilding circles, bodybuilders use it for, for fat loss. Now, you see in, uh, in Europe, it's, it's approved as an asthma drug, but they use a much different dosage, obviously. Um, it was never, the U.S. FDA never approved it for that purpose here. So, but they do use it in livestock farming all over the world. They yeah. give it to animals to increase fat-free and lean mass so the animals get more muscles and less fat. It's pretty, pretty inhumane in my, in my view. Uh, but this is the state of our, our food industry, you know? Um, if you've ever eaten like a bird, you know, that you've gone and hunted for or fish that you went and fished for, you can tell the difference in the taste. Um, and if you've ever traveled around the world to like third world countries, you can taste the difference in that meat. And that's why. So you got to remember factory farms uh, um, in the U.S. are, are um, you know, a big, big thing. So they want to use these chemicals. And they also use trend in in uh, in the cattle industry yeah. as well. So yeah. that's that's the state of our um, our food industry here. That's why we keep getting more sick. But that's a story for another uh, podcast. But this just shows you that you know the fact that they're gi giving this stuff to animals. This stuff does work. Um, but in bodybuilding circles, for a two hundred fifty pound bodybuilder to get any use out of this, you're going to have to jack up the dose. So that's the key. So primarily, look, it's used for fat loss and uh, a lot of guys react incredibly well to clenbuterol you can remember zizzy um he used to love clenbuterol and he actually passed away from you know um he had like a heart attack and he had other stuff wrong with him too but he just fucking dropped dead i think in a sauna because he got so dehydrated so this guy he was using clen he was using oral train he was using a lot of these harsh compounds he abused the shit out of his body so we're going to get into it later on on the side effects. And this is this is something that's really, really uh, something that if you're like an obese person, you shouldn't go near this stuff. All right. This is if you are obese and you already have heart problems, clenbuterol is not the thing to do. So you want to be careful because it does come with side effects. So um, we're going to get into the uh, the dosing on how to properly uh, dose clenbuterol. But I know Mobster, he has a lot to talk about this. You remember the Zizzy uh, story, right? 
yeah, I mean, I'm familiar with, that with regards because it came up on the forums recently and I'd kind of seen a couple of photographs of him, but it's one of us on the edge of my radar. Then I heard, yeah, super young and probably just pushing, 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 as we know, in order for his Instagram, in order to get the likes, in order to keep that look 24-7 for Yes, I was with Zizzy. He was on my radar. And uh, I think it's one of those silly situations where in, in order to get traction on YouTube and Instagram and social media, you kind of got to be doing silly things, whether that's goofing around on the camera or, in Zizzy's case, taking drugs and doing extreme things in order to keep the look 24-7 of 365, which is, to be honest, Steve, as you know from dealing with clients and competing athletes, you cannot keep that kind of look long-term, it's a, a temporary condition, and Zizi wasn't doing that. He was doing other stuff. And I think there's also an element, obviously, once you get into that kind of pattern of behaviour, you're kind of going to be doing that stuff all the time. And here's the ridiculous thing. Whether it's Zizi or someone else, it is no age to die, and you're doing crazy things at way too young, way too soon, which you, and, and just kind of ignoring the risk. So, yeah, all, all in all, a sad and silly situation. Yeah, back to you. So with Clambuterol... Let's go over some of the overall side effects before we get into doses. So if you start experiencing these side effects, you may want to back off the doses. So dizziness is a big one. Heart palpitation. <clears throat> Anything with your heart, you need to take that seriously, okay? I mean, I, I just don't understand why people I, – I do understand because when you're younger, you think you're invincible. And in a lot of ways, you are. You can do a lot of dumb shit when you're young. But as you get older, you know, your heart really takes a beating. Remember the way we evolved. Our ancestors used to live very, very short amounts of time. So if you want to have a lifelong, healthy life, you've got to do a better job taking care of your heart. Anxiety is a big one. Talked about on the pre-show. If you're pre-existing anxiety, you're going to have anxiety on this. Abnormal sweating. Overheating is a big one. I get overheated very easy. Live in a hot climate. I do a lot of outdoor stuff doesn't take long. Uh, if you're outside in the hot sun and the sun's beating on you, it doesn't take long for you to get into trouble, especially on uh, Clem. Blood pressure problems, heart problems overall. One of the other things that you look for is shaky. Shake, like my hand, when I would take Clem, my hands would shake during the day. So that's what it does. If you want to get results from it, you almost have to have some of these side effects, but you want to also be able to manage them. So get into we'll get into the dosing very, very shortly when we talk about how to stack these compounds. But Mobster, he wants to jump in. So why don't you tell yeah. us a little bit more? If you have any anxiety pre-existing anxiety type issues if you have any kind of response or reaction to stressful situations you are with clean steve as you know taking a drug that mimics those senses and those feelings so the what you're basically doing here guys is doubling down you're going from i already stress and I get aggravated over things and i'm taking a drug that makes me feel stressed and aggravated it makes me feel kind of on on edge and whatever so those people really want to mitigate that as much as possible with regards to lowering the dose as much as possible or realize that there are other options and it may be for them plain is a bad idea. But the rest of you that have normal levels of anxiety or no 
you know, low levels of anxiety, knowing that this is how you're going to feel via these podcasts, via articles, having an awareness that the reason why you feel is not because you're stressed, not because you're aggravated, but it is the drug, it's doing its job. And of course, we've talked about this before, the stronger, harsher drugs do seem to force a reaction in terms of anabolism, fat burning and so on. And having that awareness, basically, some people take this view, Steve, as you know, I can feel it working. And that's kind of what, that's the vibe you, you need to have it going, go for. So that's the way you need to think. So instead of thinking, oh God, I feel stressed. No, this is the drug working. This is it doing its magic. This is stripping the fat away. And if you have that thought process, you can hold on to it when you're feeling kind of a little bit aggravational or stressed or whatever, then you'll get through it. And again, we're going to talk about dosing protocols to help you manage that anyway, Steve. Back to you. So let's get into oral trembolone before we get into dosing so we can understand the differences. Now, oral trembolone is not the same as injectable. Oral trembolone, the dosing is completely different. Oral trembolone, it's one of those compounds that you want to basically take and uh, you're going to have to take it, obviously, on a daily basis. It's got a much shorter half-life than the injectable version, even the acetate version. I mean, acetate, you just have to inject every other day or every two and a half days. You're fine. With this one, you want to you know, take it daily. And a lot of guys, they'll run oral tremble over just two weeks, and they'll have a huge improvement in their strength and their size. So, so I mean, this is going to be an interesting setup with with how to do this. You can you can do something interesting with this setup, mobster. And with oral trembolone, it's one of the most strongest oral steroids that you can use. You definitely don't want to run it for a long period of time for that reason. And some of the side effects are right up the alley when it comes to clenbuterol as well. You can experience um, some major, major androgenic anabolic side effects with it, but you're not going to experience any estrogenic side effects. So that's why we use it here. And that's why. So when you take oral trembolone, what can you expect? Hardening of your muscles, more vascularity, you'll be able to cut on it. Um, and it works better for almost better for cutting than the injectable trembolone. And I'll tell you why. I think, I think one of the reasons for that is because with injectable trembolone, you really have to consume carbs while you're on it because that injectable trembolone is really going to mess around with your blood sugar levels. So you're going to crave carbs when you're on the injectable trembolone. But the oral trembolone, that's not the case. The structure is different with it. You're not going to. It's got a short half-life. It's in your system and um, for a shorter, shorter amount of time. So it's not building up in your system the way trembolone enanthate would or trembolone acetate would, where it would build up, build up, build up, and then hit a peak level. With oral trembolone, it's got a sharper peak. So it's going in your system, spikes, the hormone spikes in your body. Then your next dosage, by the time you take your next dosage, the hormone is much lower in your body. So so you kind of get like a, a, a sharper roller coaster of effects versus with the injectable trembolone where you get more of a stable effect where you're going to have to carb load on it to kind of cut down on the side effects. Now, guys who refuse, who want to do low-carb diets on trend, you'll hear stories about they felt miserable on it, they were fatigued, they can't sleep on it, trendsomnia, the trend sweats, all that stuff can be helped 
by just spreading your carbs. But with the oral trenbolone, you're, if you're a low-carb person or you follow keto or something like that, you can actually do that better when it comes to oral trend. So oral trend might be, for a lot of you, a much better choice than the injectable version when it comes to cutting. And this is why oral trend is a great pre-contest. What I tell my clients with the injectable trend, Mobster, is I tell them if you run the injectable trend, which is a really good one to use, I tell them to stop it. You stop the injectable trend ahead of the contest because yeah. what happens is the injectable trend is so damn inflammatory in the body that mm. you look your best a couple weeks after you stop trend than you do while you're actually on trend. Does that make sense? Have you guys yeah. noticed that who ran trend out there? Why don't you comment on that and tell me and tell me how right I am about that. You look better two, three weeks after you stop the trend versus when you're actually in, on the trend itself. And you feel a lot better too, you know? So you're able to actually look better. So this is why I tell a lot of my clients I work with to stop the trend ahead of time. But with the oral trend, you don't have to do that. The oral trend, you can keep using it until the day of the contest. And it's not going to cause that as much inflammation on your body where it's going to cause that more fluffier look with trend, but it's going to cause actually more vascular and more hardness. So it's exactly what you want going into your contest. So that's really the difference between the oral and the injectable. So mobster, yeah, jump in on that one a little bit. I've, I've talked about in previous podcasts, Steve, especially when it comes to uh, training and the side effects, uh, that the some of our strength athletes I know are familiar with the use of trend because it is a great strength. The problem is that strength athletes tend towards, and leaner now than it used to be in the past, but they're still fatter than bodybuilders. They're still 10%, 15% body fat. Some, you can start to see the abs, but for the most part, that's not the case. And yet it's a great strength zone. The problem is that being of a higher body fat and staying at a higher body fat, because we're talking about cutting here in pre-contest, is where the side effects come in and bite them on the ass, vis-a-vis -vis the trend sweats, the trend somnias that we've already talked about. Whereas if you're leaner, that's less of an issue. On the anti-inflammatory thing, you just reminded me of something, Steve, and literally this, I've mentioned him before, the local former IFB pro actually made a comment about it. He's been getting into shape. He wants to show his son how daddy used to look when he was on stage. He might do some posing, something like this. And uh, he literally said that he'd dropped the ex excess cardio that he was doing and mentioned the simple fact that because of the way that he was doing it to force the body fat down, it was having an inflammatory effect. And when he cut it down to the minimum that he needs right now, and he's starting to look in shape with the photographs, he says specifically that the water that he was retaining because of the inflammatory effect will drop off. I'm also reminded of uh, pre-contest bodybuilders again, Steve, when they talk about not train legs super hard, not crazy squats, not crazy leg presses, a week or so out. And you'll see them laying backstage with their feet in the air to get the water out of the legs. And again, it's because a super, super hard bodybuilding, weightlifting, strength type workout in itself is anti-inflammatory. And of course, what you're looking to get here, guys, is in shape for a competition, which is inflammation would make you hold water. So you look fat when you're not. And we're looking to get into shape. Obviously, you're combining it with a diet. And bodybuilders, especially for a competition, tend to be, for obvious reasons, a great dueling and strength athletes I mentioned earlier on. So it's incredibly important that your body fat is under control and you're working on it at cardio. And equally, that you're aware, as Steve says, of the inflammatory effects, both of the things that you're doing in the gym, 
potentially some foods that Steve's talked about before, and specifically with regards to the oral and or injectable trend that Steve's mentioned just now. Those things, those nuances, Steve, that knowledge is the difference between second, third, fourth, fifth, and so on and so forth. Those kind of tweaks, that knowledge that bodybuilders that have done more than one competition that have prepped someone, those are the things that you know. And those are the things that, unless you've got the experience of you, you're not aware of. And these are the kind of pieces of information that help those guys get into shape and be on the podium ready to take a trophy. Back to you. Just get into dosing, how to dose this a little bit. So this is something you're going to have to play around with a little bit. Um, so, you know, you might want to run this well ahead of your contest just to see how you react in terms of side effects. That's the issue on this one. It's going to be the side effects. That's going to be your main thing you got to watch out for. So, you know, with clenbuterol, you know, I found that you start out with 40 to 60 micrograms a day. Then you gradually, every few days, you can up it by 20 micrograms. And then you get to a point, it's going to be maybe 100, 120 micrograms, where you start getting those side effects that I mentioned earlier. You know, the shaky hands, the overheating, you know, the maybe a little insomnia. I didn't have insomnia, but a lot of people do complain about insomnia too, which makes sense. Start getting those side effects, then you can stop upping it and then just keep that dose. And then if the side effects get worse and worse and worse, you lower the dose back down by 10 to 20 micrograms back down. And then you let it roll from there. So you got to feel the side, you got to feel little side effects when you're running clan, because if you don't feel side effects, that means that it's not going to do what you want it to do. That's the kind of sucky thing about using clan. So you can't run it just like at 40 micrograms, not feel any side effects and thinks it's, it think it's doing anything for you because it's not. Now, how long should I run clan? I, you know, I've heard from people that the longer you run clean, the better. But the thing is, the side effects, we're back to the side effect problem. Can you go through more than two weeks of these nasty side effects? You know, can you push three weeks? Can you push four weeks? It's it's not going to be realistic, especially when you're stacking oral trend with it. So you really have to kind of just, just kind of play it by ear when it comes to this and experiment before you go into con actual contests. This way, you know exactly what your game plan is. So two to four weeks at the most on it. And then the same thing with the oral trend, two to four weeks at the most. And with the oral trembolone, really, uh, they, it's amazing how low the dosages are, 250 to 500 micrograms a day. That's it. You know, um, that's crazy. Compare it to something like Dianabol. What's the average dosage of Dianabol? 20 to 30 mi milligrams a day. This is half of a milligram a day. That's it. Yeah. So really you're pushing it. After three weeks, you're pushing it. Remember, it's still going to mess up your, your, your liver. And so is the clenbuterol. You know, any drug that you take is going to hit your liver to some extent, some more than others. And these, in these cases, they're going to hit all your organs, your heart, your kidneys, your liver, everything. Everything's going to get hit. So really, you got to be smart about taking it. So I would not push more than 100, 120 micrograms of clen. I would not push more than 500 micrograms of, of the oral trend per day. And I would not push more than three weeks. That's it. Um, you're really going to feel it. If you want to go through, you're really going to feel it that third week. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be, how many times have I heard people the first week they do a stack like this and like, oh, I'm fine. I'm not feeling side effects. Then the second week, oh, they change their tune pretty quick. They change their tune. 
But the key is during this, you gotta you gotta keep working out. You gotta keep working out, and you gotta put in the cardio. Clean, like I said earlier, it changes the way your body burns body fat. So if you're not putting in the cardio while you're on clean, you're wasting your time. And I understand that even if you sit on the couch watching TV, you still burn calories. I get it. You're still gonna you should still burn some body fat. But if you do the cardio, you really force your body to to slam those fat fat cells and burn that body fat off for energy because that's what the clean is doing in your body. So clenbuterol definitely changes the way your body burns up the fat. But if you're not putting in the time for the cardio, it's going to be excruciating to do the cardio on the stack. It's going to suck. If yeah. you hate cardio before, you're going <laughs> to really yeah. hate it on the stack. But you got to do it. Just make sure you hydrate. And that's going to be one of the tips that I give you guys for that. I'm going to give you some tips on, on hydration for the end of this podcast. Yeah, so quick tips here, guys. Number one, Steve's already covered one, which is if you want to get the best results in your cycle, do more work. And as uncomfortable as that's going to be, do your cardio, diet on point. Like Steve says, maybe you're going to burn fat sitting there on the sofa watching the TV, but how much better are your results going to be? So that's number one. Number two, Steve, and this is one of those tips again. Uh, I did this for my very, very first cycle ever because I was literally thinking, how do I deal with steroids? Am I going to be good? Am I going to be bad? Am I going to be anxious? Whatever. And so what I would say with both of these drugs, because of the side effects they can have for some users, run them for a short period of time, way before you do any contest prep, just to see how you get on them, just to see how you deal with them and the side effects and how you manage the anxiety if you have it. And literally, you have, you've practiced and you've got an idea of what works and what doesn't work. And then when you go into the show and you're actually doing the show and contest prep, you know how they're going to affect you. You know about the inflammatory effects and so on and so forth. And something else, I know Steve's going to touch on this as well, because you just mentioned hydration, but you need an organ protector on this cycle. So we highly recommend N2Guard. You need something like this. Again, the sense and feeling of these two drugs working, way Steve described a few minutes ago, that actual sense of it doing its magic above a certain level that at the same time is putting stress on your system and you are going to you need something like n2 guard to protect that now back to you steve for a couple of tips before we finish so it's talking about hydration hydration is very important first thing you need to do in the morning when you wake up on the stack is drink a lot of water yeah right you need to drink good quality water too i can't stress enough you know, uh, how bad the water is out there. Uh, bottled water is a scam. There's not, most bottled water out there is a scam. It's just tap water. So basically they just take tap water, put it in a bottle and sell it. It's it's really pathetic. It's literally the same tap water you get out of your tap. So you want to make sure you get good brands of tap, of tap water. Um, there's websites that are out there that tell you Fiji is a good brand. 365 is a good brand. Zephyr Hills is a good brand. Um, these are good spring waters um, that actually come from springs, but other other water uh, products out there, the big brands are really, really bad. Um, so it's not going to help you. So you want to make sure you get a lot of hydration. Before bed, a lot of hydration. When you wake up in the middle of the night to pee, a lot of hydration. All right. You're going to pee a lot on this stack. Take, get, take a bottle with you. Keep a bottle in your car and piss in it. You know, if you're on the road, you know, that's what you do. I mean, I, I do it. You know, so um, 
a lot of people don't like to use public bathrooms anymore, especially since the pandemic. I've never liked to use public bathrooms. So I'd rather just pee on a tree or something than, than walk into a public bathroom. But, you know, that's what's going to happen on the stack. And look, um, you want to basically the side effects you want to you want to monitor your side effects and i talked about this earlier if your side effects get bad you need to drop the dose you need to listen to your body um don't do anything stupid on this stack like don't do anything stupid to make yourself sick don't eat out at some new chinese restaurant in town that you that you've never eaten at before because if you get food poisoning on this stack you can die you know you can kill yourself on this stack i went deep sea fishing one time i was on a harsh trend stack and I was throwing up for like six hours straight. And my pee was literally like brown. That's how dehydrated I got. And I could have killed myself. Came really close to killing myself. But don't do anything stupid on this stack. Don't travel on the stack. Don't get on an airplane, get, get, get air sick and have to throw up, you know? So if you get dehydrated, if something happens and you get dehydrated, you need to hydrate. Get some electrolytes and rehydrate yourself because that's, that's what you're going to have to do. All right, so yeah, so one hundred percent agree with Steve. I've mentioned this in many podcasts, and I think it's super important. Again, cardio on point, diet on point. You'll be training really hard, so watch the inflammatory effects of that. Manage your anxieties. I've mentioned earlier on, but the hydration thing that Steve touched upon is one hundred percent something I agree with here. It's going to help fill your system. It's going to help get rid of uh, contaminants and. Uh, broken up tissue and whatever the hell you're excreting. It's, it's the only thing I would probably look at here, Steve, when we're talking about electrolytes, potentially both in uh, any fluid that you're taking in and sometimes you're going to manipulate those uh, electrolytes, especially towards the end. I mean, literally the last few days. So keep that on point, guys. You need to be 100% careful with it stuff. Do you know what, Steve? I'd also want to be real, real, real careful. And again, hope make sure you work with a coach on this for uh, diuretics because you're already messing around something that steve and i talked about in a pre-show that i do now and maybe it's just because i'm an older guy maybe it's because my bed's super warm at the night time but i keep probably about a liter liter and a half by my bedside of some dilute uh, uh squash and as i said to steve in a pre-show it's very easy for me to drink half of that before i go to sleep and at least another half if i wake up through the night like steve said and i still get a little bit of coloration in my pee because of the vitamins and, and supplements that i'm taking so, yeah, these are the sort of things we're talking about. The little details that we mentioned earlier on, guys, the sort of stuff that you find and learn when you're doing contest prep, these are super important. And what you're doing here is getting in shape. So, like I said, do the work to optimize what results that you get from these two performance-enhancing drugs. Make sure that you're using a product into guard to protect you. Make sure you stay hydrated. That's kind of it. Otherwise, hit Steve up for a consult. Get yourself on the forums, double check the information that we've talked about. Come on, ask us questions and let us know what you think. As always, please note, we are not doctors and the opinions on these shows are ours and ours alone. It's our view and based on our experience and views on the topic, our podcast for informational purposes and entertainment only, the freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.